the Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated, including our praise team. Um, just going to speak briefly, hopefully briefly. <laughs> um, killing your Goliath, which is the message I started last week. Um, from time to time, we have to deal with Goliath. Something comes into our lives that we have to deal with. And sometimes we feel very overwhelmed. It's so huge. It's, it's not, it seems like there's nothing you can do. But we've got to trust God. We had things that I said we should look at when we kill our Goliath, when we decide to kill the Goliath. We talked, this story is taken out of the story of David, how David killed Goliath. There was a young man, and the Goliath was threatening the whole army of Israel. And uh, David decided, I am going to kill this guy. Well, if you read the story, when Goliath showed up and David was at the war front, and for the first time, Goliath, uh, David saw Goliath. I'm sure he was in the midst of the people. And Goliath walked up, and uh, everybody ran. And I'm sure David, this young guy, he probably never saw Goliath. Goliath was about nine feet tall. And in those days, they were just about five feet. Tallest guy among the Jews, maybe about five feet tall. And this guy was huge. And the children of Israel, every time he approached, they, they ran. They ran from him. I'm sure David didn't know why they were running, but it's good to run when everybody's running. And he ran for a while, and then he just he heard the guy speaking, probably with his thunderous voice, challenging the army of Israel. And uh, but David got mad because well he heard some of them saying this man is nothing but trouble for us because he's telling them you're you all if I kill your guy you're going to be my slave our slave and they said the king is already promised to exempt well to enrich the one who kills this guy that's a tall order guy was tall. <laughs> the king will enrich the guy who kills this guy that's number one the king will also exempt his family from taxes for the rest of their lives that's good and the third one was really attractive to David a shepherd boy the one who kills this guy gets to be the king's son-in-law royalty married the king's daughter while the children of israel saw a problem he saw an opportunity that's the difference because he had experience with god so first thing don't allow the enemy to define how the fight will end the giant in your life is speaks to you the problem is constantly speaking to you. What does the problem want? The problem wants you to fear and turn your back and run. If you read in, in um, if, uh, I believe it's Ephesians chapter 6, the armory that God has given to us, there's nothing for your back. 
When you turn and run, your back's exposed. The enemy is going to kill you. And it's because of fear that we run. We turn around because we feel there's nothing I can do. There's no one to go to. I'm alone in the world and this problem is come and there's no way out of it. But it, with God, there's always a way out of it. And your problem is an opportunity for you to get better. And that's what David saw and that's what they didn't see. The enemy meant it for evil. But God allow it for your promotion, if you will say it. And God's standing out waiting to see how you're going to respond to that problem. Everyone has to deal with one. The problem comes while you solve one, another one shows up. And a bigger one shows up. So secondly, see your giant as an opportunity. Know that when you decide to fight the giant, everyone is not going to agree with you that you will be successful. David's brothers were not in agreement with him. The king was not in agreement with David because as soon as he heard somebody in the camp, David was smart. He didn't go to the king. He started a rumor talking to people. Uh, what's the king going to give to the guy? And the servant said, there's a guy here is talking about killing him. Well, they've been there for weeks or days. No one has ever said anything like that. So the king was encouraged uh, to hear something like that. And he said, send for the guy. And then all of a sudden, here comes David. And he said, oh, no. <laughs> that's, I know that boy. That's David. He's a shepherd. How is he going to kill this guy? I'm sure his heart fell. And he never saw that God could do this work. And so the best thing for you, if you will go after Goliath and kill Goliath, what God wants you to do, whatever that problem is in your life, remind yourself constantly what God has done for you in the past. That will encourage you. God's kept you up till this time. You are alive up till this time. If it's finances, you're thinking there is no way out of it. But God was with you. You've had financial problems before. God helped you. God brought you out of it. If it's sickness, you've been sick before. God brought you out of it. But the devil doesn't want you to think about that. All he wants you to think about is the current problem. And it's so close to you. You can't stand. It's just a big giant in front of you. And you don't think there's anything you can do. But believe that you can. Hold on to your testimony. The king said to David, You're just a young man. He's been a warrior from his youth. You can't go in and kill him. And David said, Yeah, I can. And he gave his testimony. Remember the scripture? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by what? The word of their testimony. Your testimony in your mouth drives away the fear from your heart. As you begin to testify as to what God has done in your life in the past. So David was not afraid he was going to kill this one, this man. So hold on to your testimony. And again, the fifth thing I said, be yourself. Be yourself. 
you don't try to be somebody else in the problem. You and your God. Don't be like, uh, what's his name? Jacob for Esau. The voice is like the voice of Jacob, but it feels like Esau. No, be yourself because God knows where you are. If you have to cry out to God, cry out to God. Whatever you, you need to do, you do. Um, David couldn't fight with Saul's armor. He wasn't used to that. What God has trained you with, that's what you take with you. If it's prayer, that's where you go. The things that God has been dealing with you in your, in your life, those are the things that you go on to. But the sixth one is so important. Recognize that the battle is not yours. Is the Lord's. That's very important. Let me say this to you and really seriously. Once you become a believer, when you accept Jesus into your life, we tend to forget this. The devil doesn't want us to remember this. It doesn't matter how long you've done this. Even if you did it just five minutes ago, the moment you allow and you say with your mouth, when you gave God permission to come into your life, because God has already said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice, you open a coming. The moment you give your life to God, God comes into your life and stays there. He becomes part of your life. We don't recognize that, but that's the truth. God is already part of your life. That's what gets us excited because I'm not alone anymore. I'm not walking the earth alone anymore. There's somebody inside of me. And he's the Lord God. So what that means is your problem is his problem. Hello. Jesus told us this in John chapter 14 verse 20. He says, at that day, you will know at that day when you have received Christ into your life, at that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. We should know that. It becomes part of your life. You are not alone anymore. You are with God and everywhere you go, he goes. Your address becomes his address. Whatever you own, he belongs to him as well. Everything about your life is his. You were bought with a price. Amen. You are not your own. If you buy something that is precious to you, you take care of it, right? You take care of it. If it's really precious to you, and somebody tries to get to it, you're going to fight. So you belong to God, and God is part of your life. And that's what we have to recognize. The fight is not yours. And David recognized this. And because he recognized that, that was the strength, the inner strength that he had. I can take him down. Because I'm not alone. 
I'm not alone. You know, the Bible tells us how David did it. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 40, it says, Then he took his staff, because he says, I'm not going to be able to use Saul's armory. I, I can't use this. So he took his staff, uh, that just a piece of wood. <laughs> that's all he was going to go fight with. Shepherd boy, right? He took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistines. Can you imagine how he was going to fight? He had his staff in his hand and he had five smooth stones. You know what that means? Five smooth stones to kill every single giant. You know, Goliath had four other brothers. So there were five of them. And David was prophetically saying, I'm going to kill all of you. You first, and the rest of them will die. So he had five smooth stones. Now David killed Goliath, and his men killed the rest of them. But on that day, their death sentence was passed with those stones in David's pouch. Can I hear an amen? How many stones? Five. What does that represent? J-E-S-U-S. Can you say it with me? How many stones? How do we say those number of stones? J-E-S-U-S. Nobody can fight with that. There's no way you stand. You can't be victorious when you got Jesus. So he had five stones to destroy the enemy. Now, David went in to fight with Goliath. And you can read that. I'm going to paraphrase it because of time. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, from 42 to 47, he says, David drew near to him, young man, and, and, and Goliath looked. That's a young man they are sending to fight for them. Cowards. How can they send the youth? And look, he has no armor. He has a stick in his hand. That's what you're going to fight with, boy. That's what you're going to fight with. And he said, Goliath cursed him in the name of his gods. You know what that means? That means now, it's my gods fighting David. The fight is gone. You can imagine, why would he be cursing David in the name of his God? In that time, is my God against your God or against you? So when he cursed David with his gods, he was saying, my gods are going to fight you, David. And then David returned it. Now he says, you're coming with me with all of this stuff, but I'm coming at you in the name J-E-S-U-S. So now it was David's God against his gods. 
David's God against his God. And you know who is going to win. David said, I need to, you should read this. It's, it's really interesting. Because the, king, the man said, well now, look. He cursed him in the name of his God and he said, I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to give your body to the birds of the air and they'll eat you up. But when David, when David spoke, David said very clearly what, he, what I mean, he defined the way the fight was going to end. I'll kill you and I'll cut off your neck. I'll give your body up to the birds to eat. Not just you, but all of your people. Read the scriptures. All of them. I'll kill all of you. You know, it's an interesting part in this story. You can read in verse 46. It says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. It's very clear. And that's exactly what he did. You speak it before he's done. Amen? Let it come out of your mouth. This is exactly how it's going to happen. He described exactly how he was going to die. The Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I'll strike you. And I'll take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines. Not just you. All of you. You're all going to die. That's what he was saying. And I'm sure Goliath didn't like what he was hearing. The Bible tells us in verse 48 of that chapter, please go to verse 48. It says, So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hastened and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. See, that's the issue here. Fear. When you allow fear into your heart, you will turn and run. And so the greatest weapon, I've said it before, the greatest weapon, Satan's weapon, the greatest weapon Satan has is fear. If you're going to win... The first thing to fight is to fight that fear. Because he won't let you rest. He's just speaking to your mind. The problem is speaking to you. And showing you, giving you imaginations of what the future is going to look like. You've not, you're not there yet, but he's telling you what's going to happen. Your problem is speaking to you. And David spoke to the problem. Amen? David spoke to the problem. And because he spoke to the problem, he had no fear. When you fear, you run. But when you have faith, you run away when you fear. When you have faith, you run towards the problem. When the Philistine got up to meet David, I'm sure he was expecting David to run away from him because he was big. I'm sure in his mind he was thinking, he's coming at me. What? I've never seen anything like this. Hello? Everyone ran away from him, except this little kid. I'm sure he was thinking, this doesn't look good. He's coming after me. Hello? When you run, it looks good for the devil. When you're so scared and worried, it looks good. 
because he's got you. Now, Satan cannot do anything to you as a child of God when Jesus lives in your heart apart from here. Just as God cannot do anything for you apart from faith. There's only one thing that pleases God. Faith. That's the only thing that gets him to move. And there's only one thing that pleases the enemy. Satan. Fear. And that's what gets him to move. Job said it. And so everything that happens to us, naturally or in our mind, whatever it is, is the enemy coming at you with fear so that the door is open for him to work. But when you show no fear, he doesn't know how to react. He doesn't know what's coming at him. And I'm sure we forget that these people were men, but I'm sure Goliath, he's used to people running away from him in a fight. But here, this little boy was coming towards him in his little mind, I'm sure, like I said, he was thinking, this doesn't look good. This has never happened before. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil, and what? He'll flee from you. Run from him, he's got you. This is where we get our courage. Amen? Our testimony and the book. You get your courage. We are all humans. When things come at you, problems, you can't help but worry. You can't help but fear. David had that. But the Bible says he went in and encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen? David was scared. My family, everybody's dead. He was a man just like us. There's no hope here. But then he got rid of that because he went into the secret place. He who abides in the sacred place of the what? Most high. Will abide under the shadow of the almighty. So fear is the key. David had no fear. David had no fear. As soon as the guy moved, he decided this was the time. He ran towards him. When you're calling and you're so scared, the enemy's got you. I've got to fight this fear. That happens to me. When it happens, that's my first line. I have to fight until I'm free from this thing. Because as long as I embrace this, the enemy has access. Hello. So every one of us, we're dealing with something right now. And those things speak. I mean, they speak volumes. Imaginations in your head. Fear of tomorrow. And all of that. That's the Goliath. That thing needs to come down. Amen? Use the word of God. Use the name of Jesus. I'm going to close with this. So we can do praise and worship here. Goliath stood up and was running towards David. And uh, David threw his rock at him. It's the first smooth one. And he went on and he said, I was looking at a picture. I wanted to see. It has scores they found in Israel. You can check that too. 
I mean, that thing was so huge. They believe it was Goliath's head with some kind of an opening uh, in the front part of his head. But the stone went through and Goliath fell to the ground and um, David cut off his head. I'm going to read this scripture here. Because the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, Therefore God, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, who? Jesus and giving him the name. The name. That's the name for us to use. Amen. God highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every name. Your problem has a name. And you can use that name of Jesus. J-E-S-U-S You can use that name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every knee should bow. And of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, heaven, angel, earth, man, under the earth, demons, everything. Did you know that a tree can hear? Jesus spoke to a tree, right? Oh, yes. Jesus spoke to a tree. The Bible tells us that when Jesus healed Peter's mother, Jesus actually rebuked the fever. You know what that means? To rebuke somebody is like a quarrel. What are you doing here? Right? Jesus was speaking to fever. He rebuked the fever. You read it in the scriptures? He rebuked the fever. Speaking to the fever. What are you doing here? Now get out. And she was healed. Fever can hear. Speak to it in the name of Jesus and fever has a knee. It will bow. Jesus spoke to the tree. No one's going to eat from you. The tree says, yes, sir. <laughs> right? They can hear. Your problem has ears. Amen? And they will bow when you use the name of Jesus. And that's what David did. You know, Goliath, he fell, but not backward. Amen? Read the scriptures. He says this. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it at and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. He didn't fall backward. <laughs> at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Goliath, that Satan, that devil, uh, that giant, it will bow. Amen? So we must use his name. 
Tonight is time to kill that Goliath. You know how to do it? Get rid of the fear. Amen? Stand up with me. We're going to get rid of that fear. Those things that set the enemies whispering to you about. And you say, every time, like Pastor Roy said, constantly, every time he reminds you, that's when to speak back. Amen? Every time the thought of that problem comes, that's when to speak back. The problem is speaking to you. Don't put your head down and say nothing. Speak back. But speak back in the name of Jesus. It's okay to meditate on the problem because the, enemy, the, end, the problem is speaking to you. But you need to speak back in his name. That honors him and moves God to act on your behalf. And we're going to do that tonight. Amen. You have one problem, something you're dealing with. Every one of us dealing with something. That's just life. But you can speak to it tonight. Amen. Can we speak to it? Can we speak to it? Open your mouth. Please speak to that problem. Eyes closed. Speak to the problem. As we will continue to worship, speak to that problem. Amy and the group, Pastor Amy is going to help us as we worship the Lord. Because the problem is dying. He said, I'm dying, I'm dying. Because you're speaking to it. In Jesus' name, amen. that problem we make it even Jesus name. 